Shabbat shalom, everybody. Shabbat shalom. Welcome back to the Hebrew Congregation of Houston, episode 149. It is a great day today. Good to see everybody back in action. Uh, Shabbat shalom. Shabbat Easter. She is on the road today, so I will be the hostess. Not necessarily with the mostest, but we'll do the best we can to fill in uh, while she is out on the road. Uh, so uh, to start off our show for today, hope everybody's had a great week. I wanted to quickly uh, talk about um the month that we're in we know we have themed months here in america we got black history month hispanic history month uh aapi month all these different months this month is what y'all pop quiz anybody know? Gay, gay gay pride month something to that effect this, <laughs> month is, this month is pride month and so um i've been seeing a lot of different things um I've been seeing a lot of different things, uh, you know, on commercials and on the news and stuff like that. So I just wanted to stop and have a quick conversation. We like we like to keep it contemporary and current here in the Hebrew Congregation of Houston. So just wanted to have a quick conversation. Um, and so uh, the question I'm going to ask y'all is, uh, and I'm going to talk a little bit, but I want to pose this question up front. So if anybody can kind of think about this and then come with any thoughts. Um, in the midst of us being believers, that are adhering to the laws of Torah, how do we function in a society where something like uh, Pride Month is celebrated? How do we, how do, how do you, let me ask it this way, how do you as an individual move uh, throughout that context of being somewhere where Pride Month is, is so heavily celebrated and you know established and things like that? Uh, so I want y'all to think about that before we talk about that, I just want to talk about a couple of things that I've seen in education and uh, in my time as an educator. Uh, so I was watching, you know, I, I got some 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 buddies I stay in contact with from the education world. And I was I was watching a video that somebody had sent me this weekend. And I wish I had the video. I don't have the video, but it was a celebration of Pride Month at a school. Right. It was a public school, by the way. Uh, celebration of Pride Month at a public school. And as the students came in there was, you know, this big banner of balloons, uh, all with the rainbow colors. Uh, all the teachers were in the hallways clapping and cheering. Some of the teachers were, um, you know, in drag or some of the teachers had, uh, all of them had the rainbow colors on, but some, you know, were dressed as a male and they were a female or, or, you know, the other way around. And it was this whole thing that all these kids, and the kids were elementary school kids. They had to be like, you know, what I saw was like fourth, fifth grade probably coming in. Um, and the kids weren't even all that into it, but the teachers were super into it. And it was just, I just was looking at this and I was just like, man, you can't bring a Bible into school. You can't have any kind of uh, spiritual conversation or prayers in school and for the most part. Um, but you can have this agenda and it can be full blown, all out, uh, just going strong. And it got me to thinking like, like, why is this? How have we come to this place as a society where we say, you know, we want to, we have freedom and these things. Um, and we say that we're woke, quote unquote, you know, I don't like that term, but we say that we're woke, quote unquote, but in the, in the midst of wokeness, we'll oppress some people groups, for example, the religious groups, and we'll elevate these other groups. How do we get to a place where in a public school, I can be somebody that, you know, just sending my kid to this school because it's in the neighborhood, yet I got, you know, I may not want to expose my child to this agenda or to these things, which they shouldn't be forced to be exposed to in a public school, just like they're not forced into religion. 
yet here it is. They're going to be forced into it. How have we gotten to a place in society where it's gotten here? And that got me to thinking about the question of, okay, you know, within the society, how do we as believers function and move, um, understanding that, you know, we don't want to come off as Bible thumpers and we don't want to, you know, et cetera, all these different things, but how do we move in a society that conducts itself in this way? And so I just wanted to pose that question to y'all and see, you know, I know I got personally, I have gay friends, I have gay coworkers, I have gay family members, um, and it's always nothing but love. Um, and I also set a line for my child as well. Whether you may think I'm right or wrong, my wife and I were at the at the uh, toy store yesterday and um, we were letting our baby pick out toys, you know, kind of let him walk around and see what he wants, get a little budget for him and let him get some things. Um, and he walked over to the doll and, you know, started grabbing the doll. And my wife is like, he's grabbing the doll. And I'm like, nah, we just not, we not doing that. Like, you know, regardless of what you, what, what, whoever may think what, like, we just not doing that. Get them a little uh, whatever, you know, but we're not going with like the full out baby doll and all that. Like, it's just, it's just not what I'm doing over here on my side. Um, and it's no disrespect to anybody else. It's just how I'm raising my household, how I'm, how I'm leading and how I'm conducting my household. Um, but I just want to get, get some thoughts from y'all, you know, in the midst of in, in the world we live in, how do you go about these interactions and how do you go about navigating? Um, maybe you have kids, maybe you don't, maybe it's, you know, where you work at, maybe it's something else, but how do you go about these interactions and how do you go about, uh, you know, loving everyone around you while still holding that line? It's a tough one, Rabbi. <laughs> Not really. We just want to be careful how we choose our words because we want you to be able to shoot this out on the internet. <laughs> and it, and it, so we have to be careful how we speak. Okay. But but Rabbi, what you're saying, no, that's a part of, of what uh, of the question, right? It's like yeah. we got to be very careful in how we navigate this because it's society. Like we know we believe. I'm sure all y'all are like, oh, this is what I think, but let me find the right way to word this you know, so that it comes out right. But that's a part of the question, right? Is like, how do we navigate that? Like we try to think about how to navigate this conversation on the call right now. How do we navigate it in society as well? You know what, me personally, I don't, um, I, I treat everyone with dignity and respect until you uh, cross the boundary into my lane. You can be gay, you can be whatever you want to be, but just don't step across my lane. And what I see happening today is they're coming across into my lane and they're forcing something on me that I don't accept and will not accept. Yeah. You know, um, so if I have gays or, or lesbians in my family, I don't know them. And I think that on my side of family, that my family would keep it away from me. They would, because they know me. Uh, not that I'm going to be evil or, or, or you know mistreat them, but a person. But it's just that they know that I don't accept it. It's unacceptable for me. Being in the workforce, uh, again, everyone has a, the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Uh, in Babylon or in Egypt, in the world system, because this is where we are. We're not at home. We're not in our land. 
we're in the land of homosexuality and bestiality. That's what goes on in this country amongst the heathen or the Gentile, whatever you want to call them. Those that do not walk by Torah, they do that. Okay, they don't go by, you know, don't follow the laws of creation. Even the laws of nature, you know, speaks against that type of behavior. But again, he treated everyone with dignity and respect. I set up boundaries for myself and my family. And uh, I guess they call it tolerance now, um, you know, but in Israel, in the community of the Israelites, in, in our community where we teach, um, if someone of the persuasion comes in, you know, I treat them with dignity and respect, but they can never be a part of Israel until there's teshuvah or repentance and a change of lifestyle. You cannot be a part of our congregation or the house of Israel. I'm talking the Israelite community. I'm not talking about the Jewish side now, because what they do is what they do. What they accept is what they accept. I see what's happening in Tel Aviv and around Israel. But in the house of Israelite, um, we would not disrespect or mistreat people, but let them know that if you're in that lifestyle, you cannot enter into the covenant or the contract agreement that we have with the Most High Creator. What? Can you all hear me? Yes. Yes. What I have to say about it is wrong to put it on our children. Target has baby kit uh, clothes now. They have baby toys with rainbow on it. I'm talking about infant clothes are at Target to celebrate this. And then, as you said, you can't bring a Bible in a school, but then you want to have these gates. I would take them out of that school, period. Um, it's wrong for them to force it on our children. It, it's just simply wrong. Even in Texas, they're trying to stop them so that they can't, uh, kids can't attend drag queen events. Kids are attending drag queen events. And yeah, so wow. you can lay down and have, first of all, you shouldn't even be having sex as, as a kid. Let's start there. Then you're going to say, however you feel you want to lay down with and be with is okay. It's wrong. Period. And Easter just gonna keep it real. And if that was my child in that school, I would take them out. It's a genocide attack from the devil. Now, if you're 18 years of age, you have a choice on what you're gonna do and, and how you're gonna do it. I have gay friends. Um, I don't attack anybody. It's one thing to say, uh, don't attack people or uh, what you call it, try to try, try to kill people or, or profile people. It's another thing to say, hey, let's just push this agenda and it's okay. It's wrong. Yeah, you know, and, two of the same, two, we were put here for procreation and two of the same sex have never been able to reproduce, period. Mm -hmm. yeah. And you know, real quick to follow up on that, Sister Easter, um, I had a neighbor when I was in San Francisco um, who, and you know, I was in San Francisco, so let's start there, but um, he had a child, his kid was probably under two years old when I was there. And, you know, uh, good looking, good looking young guy, you know, just a really good looking young, young kid. And, you know, one day, I'll, and you know, actually quick, quick fact about him. And I think that this kind of plays into it. It's he was, mom, you, you had met him, mom. You had met him when you were there, but um, he was the bodyguard for Cardi B for a while. He was, he was a head security guard for Cardi B for a little while. So he was in that side of the industry, seeing some things, which I'm, I'm sure it's wild over there, right? In Hollywood and all of that, but, um one day i had i said you know was outside talking and his his uh 
his girlfriend pulled up with his kid and I'm like, oh man, it's such a cute, cute uh, young boy you got. He's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. He's like, nah, man, we don't say cute around here. We call him handsome. And I'm like, huh? I'm like, you know, he uh, he's like still in the months. He's under 24 months. He's like, nah, man. He's like, this agenda is too strong out here. He's like, I don't want nobody calling my kid cute. I don't want nobody calling my kid pretty, nothing like that. He a young boy, so I'm gonna call him handsome. And you know, at the time I'm like, man, he, he going a little too hard on that, you know, but once I looked at the situation of like the context that he was coming from, having come from, uh, you know, uh, being in that celebrity uh, realm of things where it get real weird, uh, living in San Francisco where you're surrounded by this, I'm like, I can, I can get why he put, what he was doing was putting a fence around his kid and putting a fence around, you know, the way that he was thinking, the way people thought about him. And while it might've been a little bit uh, strong, it might've been a little bit whatever, like I get where he was coming from, you know? And that's something I'm thinking about for my I, own I don't, child. I don't understand why there's a gay pride anyway, because heterosexuals, we don't walk around and say, hey, I'm a woman and I have sex with men. I don't walk around uh, telling what goes on in my bedroom. So why is that even, I, I don't see why that's even pushed. It's, it's nothing but the devil's trick. If you want to, whoever you want to lay down, that's your private situation. So why do you have to come out to the world and tell everybody what you're doing in your bedroom and who you're laying down with? Let's start there. I don't get that. This and I have good. gay friends and I'm like the rabbi. We can be friends, but don't don't cross my boundaries. Because if you start crossing my boundaries and telling me what you're doing, then I'm gonna have a problem with that. Yeah. Then we, yeah. Uh, we yeah, we can't we can't hang out. No. Sister, sister, not to agree or disagree or nothing like that, but I, I think the reason why there's a Pride Month is like because of the oppression that's happened with that people group. The same reason why it's like, you know, and, and I'm not equating these things at all, but the same reason why it's like a Black History Month is because it's been so oppressed and so kind of pushed into the throes of history that like there needs to be something. So I, I think that's why it's come to be. Um, I, don't, I don't fully know, but I always wondered as well, of like, why the word pride you know like like we're taught that pride is the devil right so it's interesting to say like this is the word that was chosen and this is the word that is used um for this idea i always thought that was interesting as well and then they use the rainbow which is the rainbow is god's promise that he won't flood us and kill us so word, it's just him. a mockery yeah. it's all a mockery of the bible really yeah. and then let's let's keep it real too who, who controls the media? A lot of gay people control the media. Disney, Disney World, and all those places. You know what I they found very interesting? The higher I go in education, it is hard to find a straight man. The higher I go as, as far as uh, in these principal programs and, and the consulting and things like that, it's, you know, it's not to say anything either way. It's just, I just found it very interesting that uh you know that that's how it plays out and so um you know it's all, it's and, all and, and no i didn't let you play with no darn baby dolls we weren't doing that no you weren't paying with no baby dolls you wouldn't put no uh no no girl clothes you wouldn't put no heels on around the house no we weren't doing that are we right or are we wrong for that <laughs> you know this, this <laughs> i see the world are we right what, what, what you think i don't right? know i mean my parents did the same you yeah. know they did the same. One time my mom even saw something and she was in the grocery store and she stopped the cart and she said, none of this in my house. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, so, a lot of those things. Um, yeah. Every topic that you pick, 
mm-hmm. is a diversionary topic mm-hmm. from the true source of what people are trying to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, along with, uh, I don't know who just mentioned it, about toys and things in the stores. Mm-hmm. They have had that for at least as long as our oldest granddaughter has been in this world. They have a toy in, I believe it's Target, one of the stores, where if you lift up the baby doll girl's dress and rub her close to her stomach, she'll she'll laugh. And she said, ooh, this is years they've had this. Uh, and I'm talking about the four-year-old, not the 16-year-old. But they have, this is um, a diversionary tactic. If you talk about sports, that's to keep your mind off of what they're really doing. If you right. talk about music, that's to keep your your mouth talking about what is really going on. If you talk about food, how the food is bad, that's a diversionary tactic. And it seems to be working if we can see that that's what it is, then we have to get back on the right track and say, this is our concern. Our people are our concern. Our care is our concern. Not the toys, not the game, not the sports, not the music, not the food, not the anything else. Of course, be aware of what's happening in those areas, but don't draw your full attention to those because it'll get you off track. Right. Sister Lisa, to that point real quick, I'm sorry, I'm gonna jump in, uh, Sister Daniels. Um, someone once said, I heard this, and it really resonated with me uh, about five years ago. Small minds talk about people, mediocre minds talk about things and events, great minds talk about ideas. And, you know, ever since I heard that, I was like, man, you know, like how much of our society is set up to have us talking about people, have us talking about things, you know, like, and truly when you bring up, what do they say? Don't talk about religion, don't talk about politics because they're ideas, right? Like it's our society is set up for you not to talk about ideas. Uh, it's almost like if you do that, you, you know, you're, you're going, you're crossing some line of like social acceptance. And it's like, man, that is all, like you said, Sister Lisa, that is all to keep you diverted from what you should be talking about, from what you should be caring about. Now, I care more about the Jordan versus LeBron debate than I do about the laws that's governing this country or whatever it may be. That's so true. That's so true. And, Chris, and, and the scripture says, and I, I, I apologize, Sister Daniels, but I'm gonna let you say what you got to say. At least... The scripture says we're not to speak good or evil about any of those. They're not to be in our mouth. And I remember, just like you said, I remember a guy I used to work with. He said, this is when video games were coming out and were popular. The world is going to come to end. We're still going to be pressing buttons, playing video games. (laughs) And I'm like, you're right. We're still going to be doing this. We're going to come to Mm -hmm. end. I guess fair to say that... um, to answer that question about what's your approach, that is kind of my approach. It's not that I've never experienced it. I had a coworker in, you know, New York and and who was transgender and somehow the most high always gives you guidance, I feel like, in how to address those things but not transgress his laws. And so that was in the end when I looked at how it was handled, because I didn't it was a very new thing for me. I didn't know what to do, but I had sensed it spiritually before it started to manifest in, in the natural. And so there was love to the point where even when I was leaving that job, he did not want me to leave. You know, he had become a she by the time I left afterwards, I saw a, a picture. But um, I tried to discourage the the choices and to, to speak life into him, speak word into him when I was given, how I was given to walk carefully. But in terms of addressing, you know, so only what the most high would give me, if he gives me something to say, would I say it? 
you know, because this is this is a spiritual warfare thing you're dealing with and a natural thing that's manifesting. But um, for the most part, as far as what's going on at my job and stuff like that, I don't participate. It's just it's just like I'm not participating. <laughs> that's all there is. So I was like, I come in, do my work, leave. You can do whatever you're doing. That's your business. But I just don't participate in those things. Except when Yah tells me to interfere in something, that's when I do. Or in this case, because the person was drawn to me, you know, I was not going to say, get away from me, you, and stuff like that. And and for some reason, I was led to to converse with that person. And so I did, you know, for whatever the reason the Most High may have had. But I agree with Ako Elisa on that. And I think that there was something I was going to say to that thing where it's like, even with the question of pride and why it is. So it's like all of those things are a distraction. The aim, even with the whole movement, is because at one point they were not being recognized in terms of couples and all those kinds of things. So at one point they were being made to feel ashamed for the acts that they were doing. And now they're like, we're going to take pride in this thing. At one point, you know, they were not able to enter into the spaces that they were they used to, you know, in terms of if they say they have a person there with and stuff. So it's really so while we're looking at all of the fanfare and distraction, that is part of the whole movement to change people's hearts so that when they want to change the laws and the things that govern the place, we will be more acceptable to those things. We will accept it more. So there's always a bigger thing. I remember one time um, Pastor Bernard said this thing and he said that um, one of the scriptures says that Hasatan is a deceiver of the nations. And so it's like we over here looking at the small things, but they're thinking nations. And we're thinking of the little thing we're seeing in our small window or our TV screen or whatever it may be. But this is about the nations and influencing a global perspective. That's why they're going into other countries and trying to convince them of these things because it's not just oh a one location agenda so for those of us who think oh i'm just going to leave this place and go to another country where they're not participating in this so that my child has a better chance their hope is to have it influence and that's why it's in the world wide web and the world wide screen and everywhere else you so, know so, so sister daniels globalization might have been like one of the worst things for the world from what I hear, from what, you know, the conversation I hear you having right now, it seems like globalization has allowed us to export these values all throughout the world while people can stay inside their home, not have a regime change and still consume all of this. And still take on a perspective and take on a practice. I won't say it's the worst thing in the world because it's had its benefits, but we know that it's like my, my grandmother used to say, everything in excess becomes an error. And stuff. And so it's like you can take something that has proper uses and then it's operating, use it for another side, another source. Just the same way we learned the spiritual side, where it's like the same, you're using the same method, but operating for the other side. Yeah. It can be the same way with these things because right now, the same idea of globalization allows us to be communicating and communicating to others, you know, or discovering what's going on in Africa when they're telling this you know, dishonest things, we can see what what's really on grounds from other people. So it, it's, it has its good and it's bad. So I won't make that blanketed statement, but yes, it does have a negative effect. It's not all good. Yeah. And you know, that reminds me of uh, my wife taught this book and she's on here right now. She's probably speak to it better. I don't know if you guys ever read How Sugar Changed the World. Interesting mm. book that they teach in schools. Um, but in that, you know, one of the questions she had them wrestle with was, uh, you know, was globalization good or bad? You know, thinking about this book. And it was interesting to see, like, globalization, it made it so that, like, these slave masters 
we're able to connect and you know enforce a stricter version of slavery but on the reverse in the same breath um slaves got to see and hear about revolutions from other nations and so it gave them the courage to revolt as well and so it was like wow you do exactly what you just said while it had this consequence that was this major evil you know it couldn't it couldn't uh block the good it couldn't block you know the unintended consequence of like now slaves gonna uprise gonna have more of an uprising because they've heard about the french revolution because they've heard about you know this and that and now they have these ideas huh I, if they did that i could do that too um and so it's very interesting to think about it in that light um but to, to get back to this you know we spend a couple more minutes on this topic here um another question i have here is what about activism how do we think about like activism and like equal rights and what I mean when I say that, one of the things that I saw that's a big hot topic right now is that some of these states are taking away their, um, they're taking away the, um, I think it's called the gender affirming care, uh, the gender affirming care from hospitals, basically saying, you know, uh, if somebody's under 18, they can get these surgeries that, you know, can change them from one to the other as far as transgender. Um, and, that, you know, a lot of states are now banning that and saying that, that, you know, that's against the law for any doctor to provide that surgery for a child. Um, and, you know, I always this stuff is always interesting to me because I tell my wife, my wife was uh, in the politics as well. I always say all the time is like it's like that old idea of like the double consciousness of like a nation where it's, you know, by American law, like, yes, this should be able to happen. But by biblical law, you know, I don't believe in this, you know, so it's always this this tension at play. I think about like abortion, for example, it's like by the law of the land, everyone should have the right to do what they want to do. Right. That's what America is built on. But like we hold ourselves to a higher law. So while we know that that is true for American law, we say no, absolutely not, because there's a different law that we uh, hold ourselves to. And so thinking about this idea and also to give this some framing of like, you know, Yeshua spent his time with the most dejected parts of society. He spent his time with the folks who were outcast, who were, you know, the most um, oppressed and the most uh, persecuted parts of society. And so I have to think if he was here today, he would be spending his time with, you know, some folks in this community. You know, I have to think that 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 would be true um, because they are some of the most oppressed and some of the most, you know, um, yeah, I, I think that he would spend time with him, but he would tell him you're going to hell if you don't change. Yeah, you have no part in the kingdom until you change. He says, repentance, go and sin no more. Mm -hmm. That's true, because he would always address the issue while still hanging with the publicans and the, the, you know, harlots and the whatever he would tell them, you know, this thing that I've set you free from being stoned, like you said, go and sin no more. So he sat with them, but he didn't sit with, like my mom would say, there's a difference between, you know, being with a person and befriending them and not telling them when they're in error and, you know, being friends with them and just hanging out and, and, and telling them, yeah, you're wrong in this area. So, you know, that's how you end up becoming instead of, you know, addressing the issue, you compromise. So, yeah, I can give an example of that is when I was young in ministry in a, in a kind of a church, in a Christian, well, just in a church. And the young man was going to announce that he was going to be he was called to preach. Mm -hmm. And so I was, you know, young in ministry on the staff. And I said, I pulled him over. To the side, I said, you, you're gay. You, you cannot do that. You know, 
and 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 I rebuked him. And you know, actually, I took him to the pastor's study, and he tried to kiss me. Oh, you know, that was a bad thing to do. You know, but yeah. you know, but uh, anyway, later on, we were having a prayer service uh, in the week at night, and he was there. And so again, he, he and I told him, you know, you can't be gay and in ministry. Now you're part of this church, but you're not, you can't take a leadership role, you know? And one of the ladies of the women of the church, you know, if I was rebuked, I was rebuked. And I just straight out rebuked him because I'd already told him once. So this time I rebuked and, and she was coddling him and telling him it's okay, it's okay. You can, you know, and I said, see, that's the problem. That's the problem. You, 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 you know, you're telling me it's okay to do that, but it's not. It's not okay. And, and so that's what we come against. You, we have to make that stand. We have to. We have to. Outside of, again, outside of Israel, outside of the, the, the community of Israelites, that's, that's what they do in the world. That's what they do. But inside, I don't have any authority outside. See? But inside, I do have a say-so. And, and I have a responsibility to say so in here, but in the United States where morality is rare, but it's now beginning to just disappear. There's not gonna be any morality in the United States, but that doesn't mean I have to, you know, uh, be a partaker of it. I am here to correct it, correct the error and not compromise. Okay. So you know, uh, it's a, this. This for me is is a no brainer. All right, you know, and and the example, one of the perfect examples is Lot in Sodom and Gomorrah. He was living amongst them, but he wasn't doing what they did. He knew what they were about, but he never participated. And the father didn't change Sodom. He destroyed Sodom after he delivered Lot. So that's what's going to happen wherever we are. The principle. The, the precedence has already been set. We're not going to change this country. It is, it is predestined to be destroyed from inside, not from a mountain, but from inside. And we have to be ready to say, I don't love this country to, enough to stay here and to be destroyed with this country. And the father will send his messenger, his angel, to deliver you at the time, at the appointed time. Are you ready to go? Because remember, his son-in-laws did not leave. Even though they were under the teachings of Lot, they did not leave and were destroyed with the rest of them. That's the message. That's the message. I'm amongst them, but I'm not a part of them. And at the appointed time, at my appointed time, I don't know about yours, but I know about my appointed time, I'm getting out. Because that tells me the angel is telling me to get out for a reason. May not be for me, it may be for my grandchildren, my children, you know, my great-grandchildren. But he's telling me now to get out. And I'm heeding that and telling as many as I can, get out. There's a place for you. It doesn't have to be in the middle of Sodom and Gomorrah. You know. Amen. Thank you for that, Rabbi. And on that, let's go ahead. I looked at the time and I see we already at 45 here. Good discussion, y'all. This is a this can be a tough one to engage in because you got to navigate, you know, so many um, you got to navigate the the politically correct things and all, you know, it's all these different things to think about. And so I thank y'all for engaging in that discussion. Hopefully somebody can hear that and somebody might have had the same question of like, you know, 
I don't, you know, I'm, not, I'm trying to do the right thing and also not come off. So hopefully that conversation helps somebody out there uh, who may have been thinking about this as well. Uh, but with that said, thank you all again for engaging in that discussion. Let's go ahead and keep our programming moving along here. Uh, next, we're going to pass it over to the Daniels family. They're going to bless us uh, with a few songs to get our hearts in the right place before we go to the work of the day. So with that said, Daniels family, please feel free to take it over. Praise Yah, everyone. I know that the subject that we just <laughs> came out of can leave a heaviness for some. It can, you know, it's, it's not one of the most comfortable things. It's one of those that makes you really realize that you are in the world, but not of the world. And understand why Yeshua had, had even said that prayer, because he could see from afar off the things that we would have to face. Where he said, I pray for them because they are in the world and not of the world. You know, and because the world hates me, the world will hate them too, because they're going to be like me. As Rabbi says, we're going to be Mashiachs on the earth. We are going to be like Mashiach, you know, and, and he expects to find us looking like him when he returns, looking like the living Torah. And so that's that's what we're aiming for. You know, that's what we're seeking the Ruach for. That's what we're seeking Yah's face for. All of the things that we do from Sadar to prayers of the heart. All of that, that is so that we will find ourselves accounted worthy when he comes. We will find ourselves accounted worthy, you know, when the time of the new Jerusalem comes, you know, that we will find ourselves in the right place in his will, in his way. So today um, we just, we're going to bring uh, Tehillim again. <laughs> um, well, no, it's it's a song, but it's in Exodus, sorry, the scripture, but it is a song of the, the scripture and it's a song that they sang when they were exodusing out of, I believe it was, this one was Egypt, right? Yes. So, um, and in two different ways, my husband had brought it to us last week and we were not able to. And so we just, you know. We'll let y'all have his way. Ready? Can you hear that little drum beat? Okay. Because that's all you're getting today. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Who is like unto me? Oh, Yamaha. Like unto thee, glorious in holiness, fearful in praises, doing wonders. Who is like unto thee? There is none like unto Oh, 
fine Never known you to change You remain the same kind Wonderful is your name All of my life I've Never known you to change You remain the same And wonderful is your name For you woke me up this morning And started me on my way Put food on my table And joy in my day I'm glad you're Wonderful is your name All of my life I've never known you to fail And you remain the same And wonderful is your name All of my life I've never known you to change You remain the same And wonderful is your name for you woke me up this morning Started me on my way Put food on my table Add joy to my day I'm glad your love has never changed And wonderful And wonderful And wonderful Wonderful is your name And wonderful And wonderful And tailored Wonderful is your name Hallelujah Hallelujah Glorious Hallelujah Praises Hallelujah Glory to the name of the Most High Most Wonderful God. is His name As we say in our morning prayers Who does wonderful acts <laughs> Amen. Amen Amen. Wonderful is His name Wonderful is He He is majestic Another word is majestic When we were saying um, No ra to he lot And stuff there They also said aside from wonderful They said majestic and I was like that needs to be noted because he is beyond wonderful. He is majestic. He is clothed in majesty. He is girded with strength. He girds us with strength each day. And he is he crowns us with his glory. And we thank him for all of those things. Hallelujah. 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 Are we saying um things? Do do you guys want us to say the Shema? Also, are we skipping the Shema for time? Um, you guys can do a truncated version of it, right? Yeah, so we okay. could just do this. Okay. Yeah. Thank you for that beautiful song. That that resonates in my spirit. Is, uh, who is like you, oh yeah? Something that, you know, as he does miracles again and again in our life, it's just who is like you? You know, no one is like you. So thank you for that beautiful song, Daniel's family. Uh, yeah, if you guys don't mind uh, doing that really quick, then we'll pass it over to Rabbi. Okay. Shema Yahshuah Eloheinu Yahuwah Eloheinu Yahuwah Eloheinu Yahuwah Eloheinu 
Abbreviated also? Yes. Baruch Atah Yahuwah Adonai Eloheinu Melech HaOlam Asher Kiddishinu B'Mitzvotah Witsiwanu Al-Direi Thorah Amen Baruch Atah Yahuwah Adonai Eloheinu Melech HaOlam Asher Bachabanu Miho HaAmin Wanatan Lanu Etorato Baruch Atah Yahuwah Adonai Blessed are you, Yahuwah, and our power, King of the universe, who has sanctified us with his commandments and commanded us to study the Torah. Amen. Blessed are you, Yahuwah, and our power, King of the universe, who has chosen us from among all the nations and given to us your Torah. Blessed are you, Yahuwah, giver of the Torah. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father, for this opportunity to come before you once again to study your Torah and to glean, Father. May every hearer of this word take it into heart, Father, and not only be hearers but doers of the word. At this time, we turn the service over into the hands of our wonderful Rabbi, Rabbi Absalom Ben Yaakov. Blessed be the man who cometh in, in the name, name of Yahweh. Amen. Amen. Can you all hear me? Okay. <laughs> Shabbat Shalom, everyone. Here we are again. Hello. In our spiritual homes, our spiritual house. And we're going to share prayerfully uh, the word today the from both the Torah or the Tanakh and the Brit Hadeshah. This parashah this week that we're looking at, and uh, by the way, I'm thankful to be here again, once again. You know, this started not long ago, right, as a a short stint, but it's, it has grown into something much more wonderful, okay? So, but in each and every Shabbat that I'm able to come here, my desire is and, and remains to reach out to the children of Israel and to all of those who have a heart to follow, Avino Shabbat Shamayin, our Father who is in heaven. Um, and we all come from various walks of life. We come from different uh, spiritual or uh, backgrounds. Uh, we're all being elevated from faith to faith, from level to level, from heaven to heaven. And so we have to be mindful of that. Um, again, my desire is to reach out and to unite those that are a part of the Father's kingdom. 
And and um, I'm, it, it reminds me in this parashah, I guess it's in the ninth chapter of the Midbar or, or Numbers, uh, that 14th verse, the last part of that verse says, you should have one ordinance, both for the stranger and for him that was born in the land. So that's a unification. And that's telling us that there's one teaching, there's one law that we are to follow. Now, it doesn't mean that we don't have a, a certain amount of autonomy. What I mean by that is, you know, we may have difference in the way that it's like a dialect. We have different dialects where you go and, you know, but there's some things that are, that which are the commandments. The commandments are firm. The commandments, the statutes, they are firm and they hold firm. They do not change. They have not changed. And so we have to be mindful of that. Okay. We have to be mindful of that. So very briefly, I'm just going to do a quick uh, run through of the parashah, but I want to go into I want to go back in time to remind all of us that God does not change, his word does not change, and that the Torah has been here before the creation of the world. We have to understand that and know that. And, 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 and we go back and we study the, the, the scripture to find the, uh, the foundation of what we believe and why we live the life that we live. And so having said that, in this parish, again, I, I hope we all have Bachla or Techa, because in, in some places there it's different, um, you know, in some of the uh, 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 communities, they, they have a different parish this week. And so I had to be, I looked and see how many had the same parish on. So I, I, I see that this one is prevailing. So I'm, I'm taking Bachla Techa, uh, which means when you raise. Now this parashah begins with Aaron, you know, and and you know, and and so he is commanded to to light the lights of the menorah, and then it moves on. Now I'm going to do this pretty quickly now, okay, so that I can move forward. It says, and then it talks about the tribe of Levi and how they were initiated into the service of the sanctuary, and, and whether you know it or not, there is a part of the the Igbo community that they still do this. Uh, they have the the, the Levites or the priests, and then they have the helpers of the priests. Okay, so and and again in the limba, the same. It's the same. And now in Beta Israel, the Ethiopian community, it's the Kesim. Okay, but now they're in Israel. Of course, they got rabbis and and and, and things of that nature, which might, which shows us that there again, as we said, there's one teaching, but there can be variances in, in a few things, except for the commandments except with exception to the commandments and the statutes of the father they remain firm and then second it talks about the second passover now many people know about the first passover many forget that there is a second passover and that passover is for those that were not able for some reason not to attend the original now in the beginning it was because those that had been ritually unclean were not able to participate okay also, there's another reason why you can't participate, and that is if if you're a male, and you've been and and you've been in the community. Now I'm bringing this forward to today, by the way. If you're part, of, if your intent is to be in the community, and you've been worshiping, studying Torah for a year, and you have not done brit milah, okay, that means now you're responsible, and and you know you may miss the first one, but 
I would say get it done by the second one. Okay, the Brit Milah, meaning you may sometimes we miss it because of different things, but there is an opportunity for you to get the Passover. All right. Um, and then uh, the children, uh, they're they go out toward the, the Mount Sinai, and then there's the manna where the children are in transit and they receive manna from high after they complain. Of course, the father provides the manna from on high. It gives them so much that they, they now they won't meet. They start complaining. Okay. This is how we always are. When we're in the world system, when we're in the United States or where we find ourselves, he provides for us while we're there. You know, jobs, businesses, things of that nature. He still does that for us while we're in transit toward the kingdom, while we're learning the way of Torah. He still provides for us. He provides for everyone, but especially for those that are, that are striving to uh, live according to the, the, the Torah. Also, it talks about Moses when during the time of these Israelites or the, the, are, are complaining, he tells Moses to select him seven elders, and he would, the father said, I'll put a, a part a part of your spirit on them. But understand this, when he imparts the spirit upon the 70 elders, it does not deplete Moses in any way. And the reason I have to say that and qualify that is because there's, there are teachings in the Talmud um, that says that, well, not in Talmud, not in Talmud per se, but and uh, there are those that teach that when Moses, well, when, the, when the 70 elders received the spirit from Moses that it somehow diminished him, which why which is one of the reasons why he uh, went up to the mountains and didn't go into the land. That is not true. Okay, you do that in any way. The spirit of God is not diminished in any way. Now we may not operate in the power of the fullness of the spirit, but the spirit is there. Okay, and and it's de it's dependent on, on how we live by or how we are led by the spirit that makes the difference okay then it goes on it talks about miriam and this thing that she gets into you know uh this lashon hurrah is what it is it's actually lashon hurrah and we see that because of lashon hurrah she is turned into a leper so this dark brown beautiful woman uh has turned white you know she's turned white she, all her pigmentation is taken away. Moses prays for her, and she is restored. Now, I got into a, a big uh, controversy about this a few years ago, and, and one of the people in the congregation said, well, uh, she was, Miriam didn't like Moses because he married the Ethiopian, meaning that because she was Black, the Ethiopians are known to be Akushi, or Black. And I said, why would he be angry? Why would she be angry with her because she's a Kushi when they all look the same? There's no difference between the Israelite and the and the Kushite. When you're talking figure, I said that's, that has nothing to do with it. What was the, the problem was the Ethiopian is called in Ethiopia at that time, they worshiped many gods. And it wasn't until they converted during Menelik's time, Queen of Sheba, and she commanded all of them to convert and become known as what we call today Jews. That's what happened, okay, later. But at Moses' time, it was because, again, they were pagans uh, in that country for the most part at that time. So uh, just to give you a little 
background on that. So, and that's what that's why I'm going to stop at where when Moses prays, and Miriam is restored to her beautiful brown complexion as she was in the beginning. But that teaches us a lesson: Lashon hurrah. Lashon hurrah. Can cause you some problems. All right. So keep your mouth off other people. <laughs> right? Keep your mouth off other people. Do not be a tailbearer or a gossiper. Right? Don't do it. Don't do it. If it happened to Miriam, I don't know what he'll do to you today, but believe me, it's not going to be good. All right. Now, and God does not change, right? He does not change. Okay. So having said that, let's move forward. Let's go to the uh, the uh, uh, the New Testament, oh, the renewed testament, the renewed covenant, and let's read from Matthew chapter 19, uh, verse 16. I start at verse 16, right? Because this is important again, our Father doesn't change, right. And that's why we're not destroyed today. Even though we were thrust out of the land of Israel after Mashiach was hung on a tree, when we left, the Shekinah left, the presence left with us. Right? And what happens when the Father leaves with us? The land is barren. But there's a good thing that comes out of it. The land enjoys its Sabbaths, which our forefathers were not keeping at that time, all right? So here, here we are, Monsieur, uh, Yeshua HaMashiach bin Dawid. To you that don't understand what I'm saying, Jesus is, is, is uh, this is the, uh, talking about Jesus, but for us it's Yeshua HaMashiach, Yeshua the Messiah, all right? And we have to say the Messiah because we are also Mashiach, but we are not the Messiah, right? We are anointed, but we're not the anointed one. He is the anointed one. That's clarification on that. So Matthew 19 and 16 says, and behold, one came and said to him, now this is, he's talking about Yeshua. When I say to him, talking about Yeshua Mashiach. Good master, what good thing shall I do that I might in, I may have eternal life? All right. Now remember, Yeshua teaches from the, the Torah or the Tanakh, right? So he says, he asked, he says, and he said unto him, why callest thou me good? Now, remember, this is Hamashiach speaking. Some people say that he's God, right? Some people call him God. A lot of people call him God. He says, why callest thou me good? He says, there is none good but one. That is God. Now, if he is God, why would he say that, you know? He's making a distinction. He's letting us know he is here for a specific purpose. And we've studied this before where it says the Messiah is coming back. He's coming back. Right? So Father doesn't have to come back. He doesn't have to go or come. He's always there. Right? So he says, but if you will enter into life, keep the commandment. Okay. Remember people said that. People said that. Because Yeshua came and he, we don't need to follow the commandments. But he's telling him, he's telling the young man, if you will enter into life, keep the commandments. What commandments? So he says, he says, which commandments? 
Which commandments? Yeshua said, thou shalt do no murder. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not bear false witness. Honor thy father and thy mother, and thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Now, we just did the Shema. But listen at this. He's telling them the, the same law of Moshe Rabbeinu of blessed memory. Moses, the same law. So that tells us, what, what do you get out of it? He says, look, if you accept Yeshua as your, of your Savior, the first thing you got to do is start going back to the Torah and learning the commandments and living by the commandments. And it should be so deep in you, it should be as, as front as before your eyes and bound on your hand as a sign. In other words, your thought processes and what you do are determined and based upon what is written in the scripture. That's important for you to understand that. Because outside of the, 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 the teachings of, of, the, the, of, the, of the Bible, as, if, if I may use that term, then you know, if you're not living by that, then you're not in covenant. Remember, I read earlier, that should be one law, one teaching for everybody. For everybody. One teaching. What is that? The Ten Commandments. The commandments. And then, of course, we know they're breaking down and broken down in different sections. So we have 248 that are positive and 365 that are, uh, that are negative. We understand it. But those are, are the uh, what are the subsections of the top 10. Okay? Those are your sub, and they're broken down. So that so that line upon line and precept upon precept, you it it it, it addresses those little gray areas that we try to skirt around in order to break the commandment and 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 feel like oh well, you know I haven't done anything wrong it's not in the no he so it's been broken down like like our children do well you didn't just tell me, you didn't tell me to get the blue you said don't get the pencil but you didn't say don't get the blue pencil so I I, I got I got the blue pencil you know. No, no, no. I said, don't get the pencil. Leave them alone. Don't touch a pencil. That would mean no pencil. I don't care what color it is. That's, and so that's what, the, that's what those 365 are about. Those 365 negative. I told you not to do that. You see. So, so be aware of that, right? Now, now let's take it back a little bit deeper. All right. A little further back. Let's go back to Noah's time. Ooh, let's go all the way back to Noah's time and take a look at it. Now, if you have any questions, if, if you have anything, you know, we're open for this, you know, to, to talk about it if you have questions. But, but let's go back to the book of Jubilees. If you have your set, get it out. If you, if you had it, get it. If you don't have it out, then, then, you know, you need to get one, right? Get your hands on Get you a Catholic Bible. They got it in the Catholic Bible. Get you an Ethiopian Bible. They got it in the Ethiopian Bible. But you need to, to read these books because they're going to they're gonna bless your soul. You're going you're to get full of wisdom and understanding. You see, I don't know about the knowledge part, but you're going to get some wisdom and understanding out of it, right? See, and so I like to say that wisdom is the proper application, right, uh, of, of knowledge and understanding. So in the book of Jubilees, uh, I, you know, so I have to be, what time is it? How much time do I have? I got about 10, 10 good minutes, because I'm going to go fast. You got about 15, 20 minutes, Rabbi. Okay, good. Okay. So it talks about, I'm going to start with in the book of Jude, chapter six, it's talking about the flood, what occurred, what has happened in, before the flood. And when the flood comes, it talks about the time frame of the flood. 
So, um, and, and and what happens when the child, when 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 Noah and his family come out of the ark? But there are some things that are in between that I I, I have forgotten. To be honest, I have forgotten these things. And when I read back, it, it blessed me because it, it brought to my remembrance of something that I had taught in the past because I'd already noted it and, and underlined it and how you put your little sticky notes on it, but I forgot it, which is, reminded me that that's why every year we go back through the same, these teachings in the Torah because we forget, you know, the frontness before our eyes. Sometimes our eyes are blinded because we get caught up in other things. So here it goes. It says, uh, there's a commandment given to the sons of, of Noah to, he said, you shall increase and multiply. This is at verse nine in chapter six. It says, you shall increase you and multiply on the earth. And Noah and his sons swore that they would not eat any blood that was in any flesh. And he made a covenant before Yahuwah Elohim forever. Listen that there's no blood eaten forever. And he said, throughout all the generations of the, of the earth, in this month. So then it goes on, says, um, let, I'm gonna go, on this account, he spoke to you that you should make a covenant with the children of Israel in this month upon the mouth of with an oath. So what's happening, this is the second Torah, by the way. If you don't know it, the book of Jubilees is the second Torah. They call it the second Torah, right? So if it sounds like it's, it's because he's, He's narrating something. The story is being told. The, the history is being told in the second Torah. It says, so he tells to the children of Israel on the, and that you should sprinkle blood upon them because of all the works of the covenant. It's always talking about this covenant, right? Talking about different covenants, okay? That's why it's important for you to understand the commandments are about covenant. The Ten Commandments are about covenant covenant the ten commandments are the covenant okay he says um and the which yahuwah made with them forever now that's that was verse 11 and it says in verse 12 and this testimony is written concerning you that you should observe it continually so that you should not eat of any day any blood of beasts of, or birds or cattle uh, during all the days of the earth and that man should who eats blood of the beast or cattle or birds during all the days of the earth, he and his seed shall be rooted out of the land. And do you command the children of Israel to eat no blood so that their names and their seed may be, be before Yahuwah, our Elohim, continually? So again, for us, it's different than the nations. And remember, these this is Noah actually talking to him, Shem and Japheth. Now, I quoted Daniel said earlier that they all had the same teachings. This verifies what you said. All three of the sons had the same teachings because Noah was teaching them all the Torah. He's teaching them Torah. All right? This is not Moses. Moses wasn't there. This is not Abraham. Abraham wasn't there. This is Noah teaching his sons. We have a responsibility to teach our children, all right? He says, and for this Torah, that is, he answers again, this Torah, there is no limit of days. 
God does not change. His word does not change. Anybody that's telling you that you don't need it, take them back, go back to the scripture and see what it says. Don't do what men tell you to do. Do what the scripture says. It's so important for your life. Yeshua said, if you will have life, keep the commandment. Yeshua didn't stray from this very same teaching. Because Father did not change. He says, okay, he said, this Torah, there is no limit of days, for it is forever. They shall observe it throughout their generations so that they may continue supplicating on your behalf with blood before the altar. Now, this was, again, there is no temple. This is before Moses. This is for Abraham. They were already doing it, right? This is signifying something important in the blood. Life is in the blood, right? Your salvation is in that blood, right? It's there, all right? It says, every day, here we go. Every day at the time of morning and evening, they shall seek forgiveness on your behalf perpetually before Yahuwah that they may keep it uh, and not be rooted out. Every morning, you should be confessing your sins. Every evening, you confess your sins. If you know the Lord's prayer, perfect. Say it. And then express it from yourself, right? But in the morning, in the evening, you have time in the morning before work. You have time in the evening before bedtime. Confess your sins. This is eternal. Yes, yes, Daniel. Is that in any way um, connected to Rabbi Shaul or Paul's um, thing where he says, it's him who says that, right? Confess your faults one before another and he's faithful and just to forgive you. Mm -hmm. Is that what he's saying? Is it him? But it, said, but it says the effectual fervent prayer of the righteous to continue to say availeth much. And yeah. so it says first you confess it. And then there's another one where he breaks it down and says how you are to confess mm -hmm. and stuff like that. And if you go before you know, like in terms of the elders and all that kind of thing. So that's all based on this whole confession thing. All this foundation is coming right back there. But the confession, right, the confession that is made is to Yah. Okay. Right? That's when you're confessing to Yah, your sin. That was going to be my next question. Why is he saying one before another? Yeah. If like we're... That's a, that's a, a concept coming from Catholicism. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that that would not have been the actual wording he would have used. No, no. Okay. Because you're, you're confessing your sins to the Father, right? Mm -hmm. And you and we're also praying for our forefathers. Yeah. Right. We do that perpetually. I mean, the the essence is it's forever, and mm -hmm. we make our prayers to the Father, right? Now, if I have aught with you, then that's different, right? Then I come to you and make up with you. If I did you wrong, yeah, I come and confess to you that I did it, and I'm I'm sorry. That is that concept where Paul is talking about there, I believe. Okay. Right. That one is where he talks about laying your gift at the altar even yes. before yes. you yes. even yes. proceed right. to do anything. You need right. to, to repent before you. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah, because it always it came to me, but I was like, but that latter part doesn't quite seem the same where he talks about one before another as opposed right. to confessing your faults before Yah. Yes. And he's faithful so, and just if, if you're in the continent of Africa right now, mm -hmm. if you have problems with somebody, you're supposed to go to them. It's still practice today mm -hmm. yeah. yeah if you go if you go to the court about somebody your neighbor some kind of dispute they'll ask you did you talk to your neighbor first if you haven't they kick you out of court yeah neighbor first before you come here that's in africa okay okay i did have this other thought where i thought maybe they were doing it because they were praying in a minion <laughs> that's why uh, uh, oh no yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
yeah, there's two different things. Yeah, there's two yeah. different subjects there. One yeah, because it's father. clear he's talking about repenting to Yah because he talks about him being faithful and just to forgive you of your sins. So we know it's Yah he's talking about, but then he's saying one before another, and then just always. Okay. Mm -hmm. yeah. One is for the heaven and one for the man. Right? Mm -hmm. Okay. And he said, and he gave to Noah and his sons a sign that there should not be again be a flood on the earth. He set the bow in the cloud for a sign of the eternal covenant that there should not again be a flood on the earth to destroy it all the days of the earth. Now, he says this. He says this in verse 17. For this reason, it, it was ordained on the heavenly tablet that they should celebrate the feast of Shavuot. Okay? This didn't start with Moses. It didn't start. It was before. Okay, he says, in this month, once a year, to renew the covenant every year. What covenant? What covenant renewal? Of the flood. To remind, you see, it's, a, it's another part of that, see? Every year at Shavuot, we have to remember the flood. See, we talk about re receiving the Ten Commandments and, rec and receiving the Ruach HaKodesh, but we forget that it actually, in the beginning, the foundation says it's because there's a covenant. Reminding us of the covenant of the flood, the rainbow. Mm -hmm. okay? And it says, and this whole feast was celebrated in heaven. So when he says forever, this means that in before the earth was created, he says it was celebrated in heaven from the day of creation to the days of Noah. You see that? He does not change. We're still celebrating Shavuot. We just got through celebrating Shavuot. Our timing may be been off a little bit because we've lost sight of the, the, the times and the seasons, but we're doing it, right? He says, uh, he says um, from the days of creation till the days of North 26 Jubilees and five weeks of years. Now I'm going to go down. It says, it says, it's in the same verse, by the way, it's in the same verse, but I'm going down and it says, there's a change. It says, from the day of Noah's death, his sons did away with it until the days of Abraham. So before Abraham, they were already doing this. You hear? You see? You see what's happening? The eternity, the eternity, the eternity of the commandments of especially in Shavuot, you start to see it come to pass that this didn't start with the Jews. There was no temple. There was no part of the Red Sea, but it was already instituted. He says, uh, before the, and says before and uh, until the days of Abraham, and they ate blood. So the sons of Noah had begun to do what the other peoples of the earth had done. They had reverted back to the way it was when the watchers were in, in play. Okay. He says, but Abraham observed it. This is why we go back to Abraham, Father Abraham. Through Abraham, shall all nations be blessed. Because Abraham was taught by Shem, who was taught by Noah, the Torah. He says, and, and Isaac, and it says it was observed by uh, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and his children observed it up to, to your days. In your days, the children of Israel forgot it until you celebrated anew in this mountain. Listen at that. Do the children of Israel today remember? This is a repeat of what has happened before. 
We lost our identity, heritage, and culture. So we left off keeping the feast and the Sabbath. And we and remembering Shavuot as a, as a reminder. Okay? Verse 21 says, For it is the feast of Shavuot and the feast of first fruits of, of wheat harvest. This feast is twofold and of a double nature. It's talking about, again, again. It's talking about Passover. Talking about accounting of the, the feast of weeks, which is a twofold counting over. We just did that, okay? So it's re, it's reinforcing that the commandments are eternal or forever, okay? Now I'm going to go down to twenty. I'm doing this pretty fast, as fast as I can, because I want to. I want you to see something. It says verse twenty three, on the new moon of the first month, which is Passover, right? It says. On the new moon of the fourth month, on the new moon of the seventh month, on the new moon of the tenth month are the days of remembrance. You know what those four times a year are? Those are four seasons and because of the time of the flood and it reminds us, these are reminders of the flood, of what happened. And we're supposed to remember the first month, the fourth month, the seventh month, and the tenth month. And there are feast days that take place in there. You look at it. The feast days are there. So again, the feast didn't start with Moshe Rabbeinu. They started before then. They were already doing reminders already there. Okay. Now that 10th month, by the way, falls in line with Hanukkah, right? But, but the Ethiopians start counting a 50 days from tabernacle and it goes up into 10th month at the time where we do the, the reminding of of the, the the flood so just remember that and remember it says these are forever okay these are the written and ordained as testimony forever all right for the sake of time i'm gonna move down again okay because if you read that just read on down when you get time read on just read on down there right um and then i'm going over to chapter seven now again because i'm i'm, I'm staying with this Yeshua said, keep the commandments, all right? So I'm showing you that the Sabbath and the feast days were before, ordained before you learned that it was. And they are eternal. And they never, and even in the heavens, they were already doing these things. The Torah was in heaven. So verse, uh, chapter seven, all right? Verse 20, this is Jubilees. Chapter 7, verse 20 starts like this. And in the 28th Jubilee, Noah began uh, to enjoin upon his sons, right? In the 28th Jubilee, Noah began to enjoin upon his sons, sons' sons, the coordinates and commandments. Noah, this is Noah. He began to teach his son the ordinances and commandments and all the judgments that he knew. So where did Noah get them from? We all know that he got them from who? Enoch. Or should I say Lema, who got it from Methuselah, who got it from Enoch. This Torah was passed down and written down. And Noah was using oral Torah at the time. He's saying he's doing what he, what? That he knew. He taught what he knew of the commandments, all right? 
This is not a new thing. That's why Yeshua said, you know, not one jot nor tittle, but, you know, of the word shall pass away until all be fulfilled. All has not been fulfilled because we are still here. We are scattered. This is a fulfilling of us. This scattering is one of the fulfillment. When Yeshua comes back, that's going to be the ultimate fulfillment. But for now, remember, anyone that tells you, you do not need to keep the commandment. Go back to the scripture. Don't listen to what I say. Go back to the scripture and read what the scripture says and see where the scripture says at the time Yeshua comes, we're going to destroy the, 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 the Ten Commandments will no longer be in play. When it says that, and it gives you two or three witnesses that when Yeshua comes, the, 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 there's no need for the Ten Commandments. Show it to me. Teach me something. Because even Yeshua himself says, you got to keep it. If you're going to live, you got to keep it. And he goes on a little bit deeper than that. But, but again, and in the 28th Jubilee, Noah began to enjoin upon his son's sons the ordinances and commandments and all the judgments that he knew. And he exhorted his sons to observe righteousness. In case you're wondering, righteousness came through who? But it says he taught them righteousness and to cover the shame of their flesh. He's teaching them modesty. What? During Noah's time, they knew of modesty and to bless their creator and honor father and mother. What? In Noah's time? And love thy neighbor and God. Uh -oh, what did Yeshua say? And love thy neighbor and, and love. Yeshua said the same thing that he was repeating what Noah taught. I'm trying to give you some light here. I'm trying to give you some understanding here. Don't follow what men say. Go back to, get into the scripture, get into the word, find out the truth. Get the truth. Stop listening to people who lead you astray. It sounds good. It tastes good. Just like it was in the garden. It sounded good. It tastes good and was pleasing to the eye. But it wasn't full truth. The truth comes from the word. He says it. Father, love their neighbor. And, and he says, and guard their souls from fornication, uncleanness, and all iniquity. You know what they're teaching in school in Pride Month. That falls under that. Pride Month falls under that. We just talked about that. Uncleanness, iniquity. That's Pride Month. We're not a part of that. That's not who we are. And this is a statute forever. Before Moses even was even on the earth. Before Abraham was on the earth, this was already being taught. Then Enoch was teaching righteousness. So this means that way back before, way back before, before the flood, the Torah was taught before the flood. And it hasn't changed. God does not change. He says, for owing to these things, came the flood upon the earth. So now you're understanding reasons why the flood came. He's telling you why the flood came because they were doing the things that we see happening before our eyes in this country and throughout the world right now. So we know how to deal with it. He gives you this understanding. So you know what we're, what we're dealing with and how to deal with it. Hey, we're hey, not a part of it. Yes, sir. Rabbi. Really quick, I was watching this uh, documentary the other day, and they were talking about um, 
you know, like, are we going through climate change or, you know, what's happening in the world right now? Because we can't deny that the world is warming up. We can't deny that, like, the ice capture, we can't deny any of this stuff. But, you know, Al Gore made this famous claim of climate change. Mm-hmm. And what this person said, I found profound. They said, it's not, it's, if you want to call it climate change or whatever, that's fine. What we're seeing are the markers for an extinction event. He said, every extinction event we've had has been the same markers from the dinosaurs to whatever you want to name. It's been the same markers. The uh, poles have warmed up and everything that we're seeing, it's a, it, it, it's it's cyclic or uh, cyclic. Um, but what we're seeing, and we don't even realize it, is we're walking through an extinction event right now. And, you know, when, we, when you look at like the word and some of the stuff, you say, you say hmm, well, that kind of that lines up with what we're reading here that the day of the Lord, honestly, I mean, that's an extinction event. You know, we look, we read Revelation that says what? Two-third will two-thirds of the population will be killed. Mm-hmm. That's you know, and so uh I thought I, I just found that fascinating. What you said just reminded me that I found that fascinating that like we could be in that and not even know. Yeah. Well, no, not not could be in it. We in it. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> yeah. It makes me think of that that scripture, and I don't know if I'm gonna say it right where it talks about when Yeshua says, When you see the abomination or the desolation of the abomination stand in the holy place. It also makes me wonder where we supposed to be standing. <laughs> <laughs> but you know he gives a lot of those instructions even talking about if you're up there don't go down and all of that kind of stuff and pray that it, your flight does not you know happen during shabbat and, but it made me think of that where he talks about there'll be this point where all these abominable things that that people are doing and thinking they won't have to give an account for you know there will be this desolation that happens and that we should be finding ourselves in the right place i feel like that also goes into a quote of Lisa's earlier point about not getting distracted by the distractions but remembering what the main point is the main idea is but yeah 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 and, and, and you know again it, it's it's a repeat right mm-hmm. it, it's a it, it, all through history it, it, it's it's been a repeat but but what happens is because we're in the midst of it many times we miss it so that's why it's important to go back and look at see what the scripture says because it tells you what to look for what to expect so that it doesn't come up on you so it doesn't surprise us we know what's going on again they call it you know, climate control or uh, climate uh what climate change and oh yeah it's it's showing us he sends us he says i'm going to show you signs and wonders in the sky and in the earth nature is telling us something is going to happen mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Noah did the same thing. What did what they t- told Noah? He said, "Look, this is gonna, this is happening. You know, mm-hmm. this is happening, and you have a part to play in it." And what I say, and what I'm, and you hear me saying, right? This is Rabbi I'm saying, we're in the place of Noah at the time, right now. In other words, we're seeing and we're hearing and we understand, getting some understanding of the truth, and so we're trying to get it out to the others so they can be aware of it, right? Mm-hmm. And we're saying, "Hey, it's coming." You know, we see the destruction coming. So you need to line up with the Torah, the same Torah that Noah was teaching his sons and his grandsons, the same one that passed on to us, the same one that Enoch was teaching. It's the same Torah. It's the commandments. It's, it's, it's walking in, in modesty and in righteousness and, and purity. You know, it's, it's, it's separating yourself from the, he said, come out from among them and be ye separate. You see, and that's, that's telling us don't get caught up in the world system and the distractions of the world, which are we'll see the fourth but we won't see the tree mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and so he sends us prophets to get us back on course or you know to make the correction or the teshuvah 
So he sends his messenger, his angels, you know, to, to remind, and, and some of us receive it intrinsically and inside of us, right? And some, we have to get it from external sources, but the message is the same. Repent, come back to the Torah. Um, one of the things that I, that came to me and I came and asked my husband, I think it was, it was either this week or last week, um, was what if the most high was, to, I think I was reading the story of Noah at the time and that's what provoked it. It was like, what if the most high were to ask us specifically to do what Noah did? Would we, could we, you know, would you be where are you in the place where you'd be like, sure, most high, I'm going to go and build the, the escape you know, apparatus or whatever, whether it's a boat or ark or, or something else yeah. and, and get up on it and leave all these things that I've, you know, known for the most part, except what you tell me to put on it behind. Would we, are we in the place for that type of obedience and stuff? And, and he looked at me, he didn't give me an answer, but it was like, it was a question for both him and I. And so I'm going to place it to the congregation and to others also. If the Most High asks you to get up and leave from the place that you now found, find your luxuries and your comforts and your all of the things you know now, just like Noah, because we read this like it's a foreign story, I feel like a lot of times, and it couldn't happen to us, even though, like you said, we are currently in Noah-like times, which Yeshua did say it would be like that before his return. It would be just like those days. And it's like we somehow read it like it's some foreign pie-in-the-sky thing that can't be happening to us, but... If that Noah like time comes, would we be able to, you know, build that ark, mm. metaphorically and literally, <laughs> or, or, or go and get in that ark, right? Exactly, get and ark get ark in it. Like yes, it. yes, exactly. I think that um, it's we see the big picture where it was Noah, his sons, his wife, and his daughter-in-laws. Mm -hmm. What if it was just for your house? Could you go and build something just for your house? I know. I believe I could, but I got one thing. And I, I can say it, my mother's furs. She has three of them, four of them. And they're in storage right now. Could I leave them? Only because they were hers. I barely can wear them here in Houston. But because they were hers. And that's a thing that I have in remembrance of her. The rest, as my husband would say, you can buy another one. I don't want to buy another one. I already got one. But <laughs> if I had to leave it, you know, make it's a judgment call. It's a judgment call. What if it was just for your house? Mm -hmm. Not the big, I mean, because the, the ark, I'm sure, was uh, big enough for everybody that was banging on the door. But it looked as though it was only his house. And it was. It was only his house. True enough, the animals were in there. But I'm thinking, yeah, I like to believe I can. But if that wasn't in my life, no issue. But there would probably be another something. But can you do it just for your house? Because that's what it ended up being, just his house. Yes. That's where people go. Yeah. That goes into another um, message or question he posed before me in terms of, you know, this. He, one day I was there praying and I was, you know, concerned about my household and family, extended family and all that. And I was like, a lot of them, they're like, yeah, this is cute what you're doing, but we're not doing that. <laughs> you know? And so he's like, 
it's all great and fine and well, Keisha, that you want your family to come with you and to walk this walk with you and to see the importance of it. But what if they never say, yes, this is the path that we will choose to walk in. And it's forever just you, you know, looking like, yeah, that's Keisha over there doing those Hebrew things. <laughs> you, know? yeah. you still have to be able to be okay with that and know that, yes, you are an example for them. Yes, you would like for them to take this path. But if they're not, shake the dust off. Keep it moving. Keep moving. Yeah. And see, I have family that are holding fast to, excuse me, uh, J.C., and they figured that's enough, just like in the renewed contract. Oh, well, we got Moses. We don't need this JC person anymore. And I'm like, okay, I have to rest myself that that's what they got. That's what they want. I have to let go. I love you, but I'm going this route. And again, it becomes a judgment call. Yep. Definitely. Yeah. To, to, to that question, Daniels, I would say, honestly, Probably not. I probably wouldn't be able to make that jump. And the reason I'm saying that, just be honest with myself, is because I'm so rational. I'm so rational. And the piece of context that I think for me, what it threw me off is God telling me to do something. And it's like, it hasn't even, we've never seen rain before in our life. And you telling me water gonna fall from the sky and to build an ark for it? Like that, my rational brain, you know, I, I just I don't think I'd had enough faith. My rational brain just wouldn't have been able to wrap itself around that. And so for me to leave everything to be like, I hear this voice in my head telling me water's about to fall out the sky and I'm gonna need to build this huge boat. I don't think I'd have been able to do it, honestly. And that, you know, just thinking, just being honest with myself. Yeah. So I guess what we're all saying in a way is that when we go come before him and we do that change me, oh yeah, that will be part of that change me, oh yeah, to make me more you know, according to your will and stuff. I still am waiting for the answer from my hubby. But, you know, I think for him, it will be, I think more the message when the most high was giving it to him was not just the, um, will you be able to do it, but doing it immediately as opposed to delaying your response. Because in these times, it will call more for an immediate response. You won't, that, that whole, yes, maybe so, wait just a minute, we won't have, there'll be no, you might be like that pillar of salt. <laughs> You know, that person, you need a response. Now just let me send it here. And that's, that's, that's one of my problems. It's like, yeah. I hear it, then it's like, oh, let me run this by my trusted, <laughs> you know. Exactly. And uh -huh. sometimes you just got to know the voice, <laughs> know the voice it. and do what the voice says. And so I was like, ooh, that's, that is a challenging one because even those of us who think we really just walking with him, we find there is some occasion where you know we're not doing quite that and in these times it could mean your life it could mean your life so I think, yeah I, I think we're kind of seeing a little bit of that now mm -hmm. right because it says when you see the desolation the abomination that, that makes desolate desolation in, in, yeah. the, in the house then flee to the mountains mm -hmm. pay attention to what's going on in this country now he's telling us he's giving a subtle warning it's time to make a decision because the prophet says there's going to come a time when even if a, a righteous people are there, he's going to destroy the righteous and the wicked at this, in that place. So he's going to give us a warning and it's up to us to heed that warning. So could I do it? Could I get up and leave? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I could get up and go. I can, you know, I can go. And guess what? I'm doing it. <laughs> you know, right. I did it before. No, it's not the first time I've done this, though. Mm -hmm. and I, 
you know, God bless her soul. She stayed with me and my because we got up, we had security. You know, we we could have done a lot in, in Indiana, Gary, Indiana, we could have. But I said, for my family, I see the pot is getting hot. Mm-hmm. And I walked off the job. Mm-hmm. Jumped in that Corvette, took her and my my daughter and jumped in that Corvette and we headed to Texas because at that time it was a place to get away from what was coming to that city. And right now, oh we I think the Lord gave us the, the so he was giving us an opportunity to see what's gonna happen in the future. He yeah. said it's gonna happen again on a larger scale. And the exact same thing is happening here in this country that I saw then in that small city. It's happening in this country. Yeah. Why are you all up in my revelation? Because that was part of it too. He used the example of um, us leaving New York. We left New York because he told us to. And so there were things that were going on and he was like, you think this will get better? You're trying to make fix it. He's like, get up and get out. So we did, you know, and at the time, so it wasn't like, you know, initially it wasn't easy because we had to adjust. We had still that New York mindset and stuff. And we were now no longer in New York trying to figure out our way here. But he did make provide ways of escape. He provided for us, definitely. But um, that was what he said, too. He said, think about when I told you to leave New York. Now, if you have to leave an entire country, that's a whole nother scale. There'll be things that will get left behind, things there. And so, yes, definitely, it's, it's not the same. You, you, the comforts that you could travel in a U-Haul and bring with you, you some of them will have to be let go, <laughs> you know. Yeah, and you'll still have to do what I tell you to do. And are you in the place still to just up and leave? We were also younger, so leaving, you know, how it is when you're younger and in the faith. And you're like, yes, we're going here. Let's just do it, <laughs> you know. And so all of those things. And I was like, am I in that place? Yeah. Are we in that place? And is my husband still in that place? Because even when I mentioned moving to Ghana, you know, between him and my mom, <laughs> the two of them. <laughs> yeah, it's like, huh? You know, whereas I could up and leave, but he might be my my thing that I. it's hard to, to you know, I won't be able to just up and leave my hubby of 20 something years. <laughs> That'll be a hard one, you know. Yeah, that would that is a tough decision, wouldn't it? Wouldn't it? But you know what? He works it out. Yeah, that's uh, right. He uh, does. He's faithful in working it out. Every it issue. Out. Yeah. Amen yeah. to that. Yeah. Yes. And that's a good note to end it on. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you for that uh segue, Sister Daniels. With that said, Rabbi, did you want to give a quick summary as we wrap up for today? Yeah. Very quick. If you love Yeshua, if you love the Father. Keep his commandments, not the rituals, and not the customs and traditions. Keep the commandments. Keep the commandments, and you will see Yeshua. Amen. Be the Father. That's it. God is our salvation, Yeshua. God is our salvation. Amen. (laughs) Amen. Thank you so much for that teaching today, Rabbi. It's, It's very insightful. Thank you. Daniel's family and Sister Elisa for jumping in and, uh, you know, just having a lot to say and giving us so many words of wisdom. It's much appreciated. Um, As we wrap up for this session, y'all, it has been a good one. Uh, We appreciate everyone being on and joining on with us. We'll be here same time, same place tomorrow. Uh, Before we go, though, let's go ahead and and close out with a quick prayer. Um, Apologies, y'all. I didn't ask anybody to pray. so we ask this now, is it on anybody's heart to pray uh, today? If not, I can go ahead and pray. Uh, but is it on anybody's heart to pray right now? Maybe the words done All right, I'll go ahead and pray and close this out for today. 
and then uh, we'll take it from there. Father God, we thank you for another day, another Shabbat rest that you've given us. We thank you for just the love that you've poured out into each of our lives, Father, whether it be through family, through friends, through spouses, through children, through coworkers. You just, you've just been so faithful to us, Father, in so many different things and so many different ways. And we just come to you with gratefulness and we come to you and, and thankfulness, just thanking you and making sure to magnify your name for all the things that you've done, Father. We ask that we ask for traveling grace as Sister Easter goes to and fro as she is out and about. We ask for traveling grace for anyone on this line who may have family coming or maybe going somewhere. If we know that you will be a lamp to our feet, Father, and you'll get us from place to place if we just keep our, our faith and our trust in you. We thank you for the word going out today, Father, for feeding us. We know that food is not just what we take into our physical bodies, but we also uh, live by our spiritual food as well. So we just thank you for giving us the spiritual food that we need to survive, that we need. Uh, we you know we skipped the session last week and we really felt that uh, felt that 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 lack of nourishment. And so we just thank you for allowing us to even feel that, to know how important it is that we get nourished. Our soul gets nourished every Saturday uh, by the rabbi, by the Daniels, by Sister Eliza, and by everyone who all who who joins the line and just pours their time into this. We give you all the honor and glory and the praise father for bringing us through this week we ask for energy as we go throughout this next week refuel us father help us to be the best version of ourselves replenish us and mold us into your image on a daily basis day by day moment by moment we pray for all of our um, all of our fellow man father whether it be uh, those that are in the the pride community, whether it be those that are, you know, wherever they are, Father, we just pray for our, our fellow man and our fellow woman. And we just ask that, you know, that you just open our hearts up to see what it is that you have in store for us, Father. If we've gone through traumatic experiences, we've seen things, we've experienced things, we've even done things, Father, which we may feel are unforgivable or it's just hard to find a way back to you but we know that you will always make a way that you always have a plan of escape and you always have a way back uh for the ones that you call your children father and so we just thank you for that and anybody who may be going through uh any kind of crisis right now we just ask for your angels to dispatch and we ask for your word to rest within their hearts and that you just open them up to just hear what you have for them father the promises and all the, the things that you've placed down here for us we thank you for uh, revealing to us the covenants and the promises that, that that you've left here for our people and for allowing us to, in this time, in this day, to come back and to find those things, those treasures, Father, that have been left for us and to plug into our heritage and to plug into our culture and to be able to just, just bring that back, uh, revive that as the dry bones in the valley, Father. You, we know that you are the author of all things and that you have perfect foresight and you knew what you were doing and every part of every epic of history but we just thank you to be living today in this part of history father and to be able to be the ones to uh to just continue continue carrying out your work continue carrying out your purposes in this modern society father we pray that that you just give us uh knowledge and give us understanding father and that you allow us to apply that in order to create wisdom for we live in a society where as we spoke about today that is a sick society but we know that it's no measure of health to be well adjusted to a sick society, Father. So we thank you for giving us the discernment, for giving us the knowledge uh, to be able to, to hold true to who we are and what you have for us in the face of such adversity, in the face of such uh, such sickness and such iniquity. We just we just love you, Father. And we just, we just pour out our spirits and pour out our souls and 
part of hearts to you and we just thank you so much we thank you so much for just everything father we ask that the children that are represented on this line that they're able to grow uh in accordance with you father that you're able to just give them your your wisdom and give them your strength and allow them to continue to grow day by day and be molded into your image father and give us the strength as parents to be able and grandparents to be and even great grandparents to be able to uh to to show them show you to them on a daily basis and allow our best selves to show up no matter what else is going on around us for the sake of the next generation father we just thank you so much we thank you for the gifts that you've given us we thank you so much father for everything we ask that as we close this session out that uh that you just go go before us this week and that you just prepare a place for us we ask that we are encouraged and emboldened anybody that may need the word uh embolden our spirit father to give it to them no matter if it's in the grocery store no matter if it's on our job no matter if it's uh at the park with the kids right anywhere it may be we ask that you present us with opportunities to spread this word and to spread your image and be image bearers of you as we go throughout this next week we ask all these things in your son yeshua's name we pray father amen, amen. can we say the ironic blessing absolutely thank you bless you and keep you. May Yahuwah cause his face to shine upon you. May Yahuwah lift up his countenance towards you and be gracious to you and give you peace. Amen. 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 All right. This wraps up another episode, y'all. Thank you so much for joining. Uh, we'll see you again. Same time, same place next week. Uh, have a great week. Enjoy your week. Uh, stay close to stay close to y'all this week. Allow them to guide your path. And Laura Willen will all get back together next week. With that said, Shabbat Shalom. Have a good one, everybody. Shabbat Shalom. Shabbat Shalom. Shabbat shalom.